Blog Talk Radio. Trying to weave in the idea of community service 
that a way that you can make the world a better place is through your skills, is through your education. My long-term goal is for me to own my own company that gives back to the community. It's giving me the skills that I can use to uh, make myself more, more sustainable as an adult and a citizen and eventually start a company to allow people to gain that same skill. If you're going to become successful, you know, use it to benefit someone else. Engineering is important for me because it's, it's a future. It's a future for my family so that I can be a positive role model for my daughter. All right, so what we're talking about here is um, for a long time we've assumed that there was one path to success in, for America's kids, college prep courses in high school, followed by four or more years of a college education. But that formula leaves a lot of people out, like people whose families can't afford college, those who can't face the huge debt burden of college loans, and young people whose career goals do not require a four-year BA degree. It also leaves out a lot of jobs, new jobs that traditional high schools aren't necessarily preparing young people for. We need to be more creative in our thinking about education. We can't afford to construct only one educational path that leaves a lot of people out. We need to create multiple paths into good jobs and career success. While college costs soar, as I was saying to Leo on the TV, they had uh, colleges costing sixty and $65,000 a year. I mean, I just don't know how people afford that. Uh, the need is growing for skilled workers in advanced manufacturing, healthcare, hospitality, construction, coding, and other fields. To get many of these jobs and make a good living, young people need access to pathways that include career counseling, apprenticeships, paid internships, on-the-job training, skilled certifications, and learning based in the workplace, along with some college-level studies. So it's time to rethink the formula for success. That's what 150 business leaders, educators, and labor leaders, government officials, including President Joe Biden and labor, Secretary of Labor Tom Perez did last Thursday. It's a simple concept. We've realized that good jobs and prepared employees don't come together magically. It takes counseling, training, and preparation. Alexis Smith is one example. She's a recent, recent graduate of Toledo Technology Academy in Toledo, Ohio, which combines traditional academics and a technical education. Alexis is now a student at Toledo University on a full-ride scholarship studying for a career in biomed engineering. And she says, my experience at Toledo Tech opened up the doors of opportunity for me to delve into my passion, she said at the summer. My teachers nurtured my dreams. Alexis plans to improve medical technology. She specifically wants to design an MRI machine that is more comfortable for people with claustrophobia. She just might, given the opportunity. That's true. A lot of people have claustrophobia and can't get those into those MRI machines. In my background at the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, again and again I've seen people working their way into the American dream, into middle-class careers, through union apprenticeships and now pre-apprenticeships. These programs work because they are partnerships, workers, employers, and the community coming together to reach common goals with high-quality skills and high-quality work. 
but it's something that demands real investment from unions, employers, governments, and foundations. We should think about workforce development as a fundamental part of America's infrastructure, as basic to our economy and our communities as building roads and bridges. At the summit, participant after participant described great CTE workforce development programs all over the country. One thing was clear, we know what works, we know how to prepare today's workers and tomorrow's for good jobs in every field. We have the models, now we need to take it all to scale so many more can benefit. That means introducing moms and dads to the opportunities CTE workforce development offers and convincing parents that it should be a top choice rather than a consolation prize for secondary and post-secondary education. America's kids need access to multiple pathways to career success. I'm hoping the video in this post about a program in Chicago will inspire you as it does me, and if you are making education choices with your children, that you'll explore this pathway to success. And you can go to the AFL-CIO blog, and you can play that video for yourself. And I think it's very good that we have many pathways to educational success. We're not all the same. And training and apprenticeships are a good way to learn. Yeah, I'm not sure you understand this one, but this poor girl miscarried on Walmart property. Well, what I, happened to her? I have no idea. But courageous current and former Walmart workers. What? Courageous current and Walmart workers. Are current and former Walmart workers are calling on the mega retailer to make reasonable accommodations for pregnant workers, including lighter duties when medically necessary, and being able to drink water or sit down while at work. <laughs> they formed a group called Respect the Bump, which made huge strides earlier this year when Walmart announced it would make accommodations for workers with complicated pre pregnancies, including lighter duties when necessary. Uh, well, this poor woman had a miscarriage. Let's, talk to, let's listen to her problem. This is the story of working at Walmart as a pregnant woman. We don't know if she had a miscarriage. My doctor said that I could, uh, I can't lift more than 25 pounds, can't stand or walk um, more than 75% of my shift, and Walmart put me out on an early leave of absence, and I could not feed my family. I had a miscarriage for my first pregnancy, and I got fired my second pregnancy. Um, I was four months pregnant in February. Um, I, asked my, I asked my assistant manager, can he give me lighter duties? Because they had me in chemicals lifting two bottles of bleach. Um, he told me that no, and that I was basically expected to lift 50 pounds or more. And so the very next day when I came back into work, I miscarried on Walmart's property in the back bathroom. Because of the fall that I had, my son's feet aren't as straight. They're kind of sideways, or they fold in, so it's kind of hard for him to, like, run and stuff, and that became a defect because of the fall that I had. One day I was lifting the heavy oil and stuff, and, like, my body locked up, and I, I just fell to the ground, you know? Like, I couldn't even, I couldn't feel anything from the waist down. Giving birth or being pregnant is a gift, not a disease. Even if you're a little, small, pregnant lady, you're still expected to do what any other worker is expected to do.
when you're pregnant and you work at Walmart, when you're not able to perform the duties as if you wasn't pregnant, Walmart won't help you or under, try to understand what you're going through. Respect and Vogue is a group of women getting together to try to make a change at Walmart. I would like to see Walmart change how they treat pregnant women as a whole. Yay. Working with Respect the Bump got me to get my job back. I was able to catch up on my bills, put food in my house, buy clothes for my son for school. It got me back to back on track. As a mother, I know I need to speak out to my As a mother, Walmart disrespected me and my child. I shouldn't have to give up my. What a terrible company. Sorry, I kind of messed up there. It says, unfortunately, this policy does not extend to all pregnant workers and is not being implemented consistently. So many women are still not receiving the accommodations they need. On the Friday after Thanksgiving, stand with Walmart workers who are fighting for their right to speak out uh, with fear of retaliation. What a miserable company. Huh? Terrible. What a miserable damn company to be able to do that to people. Uh, well, here's something on wage theft. How many... T- Paychecks are you missing? Read that. Boy, American workers really suffer. Yeah, and you know, and 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 they think that we're that we're we're having a wonderful life here in the U.S. And these people are flocking to come here so they yeah. can have, so they can. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, well, you maybe know. they are when they come. Well, they get well, I, I wanted to talk about this because tomorrow uh, Obama is going to be giving a big speech on his reason why he's going to suddenly executive order five million new uh, uh, illegal immigrants. I don't like those executive orders for any reason. No, I think it's dictatorial, and I think I think it should be stopped and blocked. I, I think Obama is a piece of crap. Okay, the guy is a horrible dictator. And, and, you know, this is going to happen. But, you know, you've got to have a Congress that's going to stop them. No, we we have know, a Congress we that's sold out. It's a joke. It's a corporate joke. They like him to do all the heavy lifting. So they oh, can, yeah, they, so they don't have to do anything. So they don't have to that's do anything. That's exactly what's going to happen. He's going to tell you tomorrow that he's going to do it. And, gonna, and they'll gonna, whine and cry, but they yeah, won't do anything. Yeah, he's going to legalize $5 million uh, for some reason, I don't know why, but it's only I five million. I thought it was million. fifty million. No, eleven million. Oh. But he's suddenly gonna. It's only five million. I'd like to hear more about it. I didn't really. He's gonna give it tomorrow night at a, in a state of the union address kind I'll, of thing. I'll listen to it and so see what I think. It'll be really interesting to see what kind of crap he comes up with on that. I haven't one. liked much that he's done. So, but anyway. I don't like anything he's done in the last uh, eight years. Uh, or Years. Well, I do believe in the health, the health care was good. Nah, it worked out so. well in Connecticut. Well, not really. Not for a lot of people, I don't. Not for a lot of folks. But 
See, everybody that I know is next, gone. Uh, within the next uh, month or two, they're, they're all going to be, all their premiums are going to be increased by uh, incredible amounts of money. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Everything's going to change. In the next Why month. is that? Because that's the way it's set. And uh, the employers, your employer, employer insurance rates and everything are going to be taxed. There's going to be all kinds of crazy crap that's going to happen. We'll have to months. have to see what yeah, happens. That, that, that's what's going to happen. They, they, they're they hinting it, at it, but they haven't well, they, said much. No, really. they, it's going to happen, and the reason they said it for the way it was set was because they wanted it after the midterm election so Democrats might be able to keep their jobs. But they didn't. But it turned out they lost anyway. So, you know, so it'll be interesting to see what comes if, up tomorrow. Yeah, if you need proof that America has a problem with wage flat, Theft, excuse me. Look no further than AMC Lowe's Movie Theater in downtown Boston. Several years ago, six janitors contracted to work at the theater hadn't been paid for their work in months. When they finally spoke up, the contracting company fired them all. Nationwide, wage theft costs workers billions of dollars every year. After joining the Chelsea Collaborative in assisting the AMC Lowe's workers, the Greater Boston Labor Council, Community Labor United, and their allies were able to win more than $29,000 in back wages for the workers. After the settlement, the GBLC and the CLU decided that more action was needed, so they launched a campaign to fight for an end to wage theft in the city of Boston. They found an outspoken ally in Boston Mayor Marty Walsh, who had been the former head of the Boston Metropolitan Building Trades Council prior to his election in 2013. After months of hard work, negotiations, and collaboration, Walsh passed one of the strongest wage theft executive orders in the country in late October. Right now, too many workers are on their own faced with wage theft, said Darlene Lombos, Executive Director of Community Labor United, a coalition of community and labor organizations. The ordinance will allow Mayor Walsh, Boston's progressive community and labor movement, to fight for our most valuable, vulnerable residents and tackle the issue of income equality head-on. Wage theft is rampant, but now we can even the playing field with another tool to root out employers who are cheating workers out of their hard-earned wages. Companies who refuse to, refuse to pay their workers often use the excuse that they don't have the money at the moment to pay in full or at all. The wage theft executive order calls their bluff by requiring any city contractor bidding on a contract to purchase a wage bond for one year, an insurance policy that ensures they have the money to pay their workers. Any co company currently in contract with the city cannot have any reported violations in the past three years. If so, they are also required to buy a wage bond. In addition to withholding wages, the ordinance counts violations such as non-payment of overtime and paying workers less than minimum wage. Contractors also are held accountable for their behavior of their subcontractors, extending additional protection to workers who would otherwise have been ineligible for back pay. Wage theft is a far bigger problem than street and highway robberies, convenience store robberies, bank robberies, or a gas station robbery combined, said Rich Rogers. In Boston, thanks to the dedicated efforts of the city's progressive and labor communities, <coughs> in conjunction with former Mayor Walsh, perpetrators of this crime will finally face the 
consequences of their actions. I hope so. That's a terrible thing to do, to steal people's wages. Pretend like you don't know where they are and you don't have enough money. They have plenty of money. That's why you need unions. You you need unions to go after these bastards, you know? And unfortunately, people are getting away with it. You know, they're just getting away with it. Yeah. And, uh, something, uh, I don't know. I, I I hope everybody does stand with Walmart strikers on Black Friday. I really do. That would be great. You know, I, you know if, if, if there ever was a reason to stand for something. In fact, I, I think on Black Friday, Lila and I are going to go down to Torrington Walmart and stand there with a sign. Walmart workers, many who earn poverty-level wages and have no oh, regular... Uh, Level wages and have irregular and part-time hours have mobilized for justice and fairness at Walmart over the past few years, and now are calling on Walmart to end retaliation against workers who are asking for $15 an hour and full-time hours. Now, workers, allies, and communities around the nation are joining them in massive demonstrations on Black Friday, November 28th, the biggest shopping day of the year. I, I think I would like to go there. Uh, I definitely want to go there. You can make your voice heard and show your support for Walmart workers by clicking here to sign a petition to the Walton family, who owns uh, Walmart and who are the disti- uh, who has the distinction of being the richest family in America. Tell the Waltons you stand with the Walmart workers and you will join a Black Friday action near you. To put the workers' demands in context. Income equality is the highest it's been in 1920, since 1928. Inequality. Uh, that's what I uh, Corporate profits are at an all-time high. Meanwhile, wages are at the lowest point since 1948, mm-hmm. even as productivity increases. No one family is driving this trend quite like Walmart owners, the Waltons. Uh, the Waltons family is the uh, richest family in America with nearly $150 billion in wealth as much money as 43% of American families combined. Oh Yet most Walmart workers make less than just 25000 a year. Show your support and sign the petition now. The Waltons are robbing America. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, come on, folks. Get with the program. Get with the program. Uh, what I was going to read is IBEW released a new ad, Fairness at Fairpoint Outsourcing Jobs. What happens when a corporation cares more about Wall Street than its own employees? The answer is that jobs are outsourced to low-wage workers around the world. Right now, Fairpoint Communication, I think that's up in Maine, is working to outsource the jobs of thousands of electrical workers and communication workers of America members. The union went on strike against Fairpoint a little more than four weeks ago, and they are scheduled to resume negotiations this week. I believe that this is an attack on uh, on the class. We've made concessions. We've we've uh, worked our overtime to get this company to be 
You could probably pay that on there. It would be better. What is it? Um, just go back one. It was right above the one, the one on Walmart that you were reading. There, right there. Yep. Yeah. Only thirty seconds. Yeah, but it's an ad. It explains what's happening to those people. My wife passed away in 2013. It was devastating for all of us. My kids need a little bit. Pretty daunting, you know, to wonder where that next paycheck's going to come in. I believe that this is an attack on us, on the middle class. We've made concessions. We've we've uh, worked our overtime to get this company to be what it is today. We brought them through bankruptcy. All we're looking to do is get back to work, and we just want a fair deal. He's worked for Walmart, uh, for uh, Fairpoint for 15 years. What happens when a corporation cares more about Wall Street than its own employees? The answer is that jobs are outsourced to low-wage workers around the world. Right now, Fairpoint Communications is work, working to outsource the jobs of thousands of electrical workers and uh, communication workers of America uh, members. <coughs> the unions went on strike against Fairpoint a little more than four weeks ago. <coughs> oh, sorry. And they are scheduled to resume negotiations this week. Let me continue this. Um, the IBEW, which is the union there, uh, released a great new ad for people all throughout New England to That's understand what we just played. why the unions are on strike. The unions are working to protect local workers, helping to continue the economic growth we have seen in the past years. Right. And that's what we just played. That's what we just played, yeah. So, I mean, you know, but I don't but think... That, that's exactly what, what Foley did, uh, you know, in our in our state with his companies. He was running for for a governor. And, for, and it was ads like this and, you know, bringing that forward that made people realize that the guy was a piece of work and that everybody had to you know, vote against him. But I'm, I'm, but oddly enough, people still voted for him and uh, you know, he he won by he lost by a, a small margin again. But uh, yeah, that's the way it is. Following up on Walmart, it's how there's an article here how Walmart destroyed US manufacturing. Okay. Good. Go to the whole article. Walmart's idea is bringing back American manufacturing is selling Chinese TVs in boxes labeled assembled in the USA, importing more goods than any other company, spending millions on a PR campaign to distract from poverty wage jobs in all its stores. Walmart has spent millions of dollars in the last two years on public relations promotions, advertising and conferences, trying to convince us that it, well, it cares about America. From championing hiring veterans, which is noble, yes, but veterans deserve better than poverty wage jobs, and Walmart receives a substantial tax break for hiring them, to promoting U.S. manufacturing, the company has tried to evade the common sense of real hard-working Americans by helping them forget Walmart was responsible for our manufacturing sector's demise in the first place. 
That's why the Alliance for American Manufacturing has a petition to the Federal Trade Commission, which has exposed the false claims by Walmart's supplier, Element Electronics, that its TVs are assembled in America is so important. There isn't enough work being performed on Element's TVs once they arrive in the U.S. from China in their boxes, already covered in American flags, to meet the standard prescribed by the FTC for assembled in America. To meet it, the FTC says product principally assembly, principal assembly takes place in the U.S., and the assembly is substantial. On the service, with the help of a slip public relations firm, Walmart's U.S. manufacturing initiative seems patriotic and good for the country, but it does not live up to the hype, and here are five reasons why. Number one, Walmart drove those jobs away in the first place. Walmart's commercial touting elements assembled in the USA TV shows American workers in Winsboro, South Carolina, who are grateful for having jobs and the job creation should be applauded. But don't forget, Walmart played the central, if not defining, role in the offshoring of high-quality U.S. manufacturing jobs over the past 25 years. Companies that used to manufacture products in the U.S., from Levi's jeans to master locks, were pressured to shut the U.S. factories and move manufacturing abroad to meet Walmart's demand for low prices. In fact, Element Electronics is now housed in a Perry Ellis plant that closed in 2008. Walmart is the nation's largest importer. Walmart holds the champion title as the nation's largest importer. This is no small feat, according to trade data published by the Journal of Commerce. Walmart continues to be the largest importer of goods to the U.S. in 2013, and company imports have increased two and a half times since 2002. Meanwhile, many of Walmart's chosen U.S. suppliers like Element Electronics and Kent International will continue to import the majority of their televisions and bicycles respectively sold in the U.S. and for their American-made or assembled products. They will import the majority, if not all, of the product components. To really rebuild U.S. manufacturing, Americans need actual not manufacturing, not just assembly jobs. Number three, wages are too low. Wages are the crux of Walmart's attempt to fool consumers. Wages at many of these suppliers in the Walmart's U.S. in Walmart's U.S. manufacturing initiatives are considerably lower than average. This is because Walmart requires extremely low labor costs for any Walmart U.S. manufacturing deal. At Elements Electronics, a worker averages $12.50 an hour. According to the Federal Bureau of Labor Statistics, the average median wage for manufacturing in October in 2014 is $19.64. Walmart put American workers' jobs jobs in harm's way by driving offshoring and job loss in its hunt for ever lower prices. In bringing them back, they should be held to a higher standard. Number four, taxpayers are on the hook for these bad jobs. To top it all off, 
Walmarts and its partner, U.S. suppliers, are taking full advantage of the American taxpayer by getting big state and local incentive packages, incentive packages to subsidize the creation of the small amount of jobs Walmart and its partners are creating. Element Electronics takes the cake. The factory in Winsboro was opened with a large incentive deal from the state and county, including corporate income tax credits, job training, and property tax rebates. Combined, according to benefit analysis, that was part of the county's impact analysis. The package would cost an estimated $14.8 million to the public over 15 years. The county also purchased the building and leased it to Element in, for three years. And it can just simply transfer the title after three years. How nice. Number five, we love Made in America, and Walmart knows you will pay more for it. Walmart exists to sell more stuff at a higher margin, profit margin. It's a retailer. But Americans will pay more to keep their fellow citizens employed, according to a widely cited Boston Consulting Group survey. More than 80% of Americans are willing to pay more for American-made or assembled products, almost all of whom say because they want to keep jobs in the U.S. Walmart doing what it does best, follows with the red, white, and blue spatted packaging. <laughs> but, you know, it's just barely assembled in the U.S. And this brings us back this week to the FTC petition accusing Walmart supplier Element Electronics of false advertising as Walmart's Stephen Quinn was telling the crowd about the importance of the patriotic packaging Pictures of elements, red, white, and blue, assembled in the USA in blazing boxes flashed on the screen behind him. It seems Walmart will do anything to avoid actually creating good middle-class jobs in its stores or with its suppliers. So that's Walmart. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And uh, it keeps on going. Yeah. So uh, we don't know... We Why we don't like
but these two deals, combined with several others negotiated by President G.W. Bush under Fast Track Authority, have contributed to wage stagnation for average workers, to the closure of more than 60,000 of American factories, and a corresponding loss of manufacturing jobs, and to the gigantic, enormous American trade deficit, which is a drag on jobs and economic growth. The United States is experiencing levels of income inequality not seen since uh, just before the Great Depression. The Great Depression is no model of economic success. So if that's where fast track has taken us, it seems to be a bit of a failure as a strategy to create jobs and share prosperity, right? And yet our current president is seeking fast track once again so we can advance trade deals like the Trans-Pacific Partnership, uh, often called the TPP. The congressional uh, Republicans like Mitch McConnell and Dave Riker want to help them. What's wrong with this picture? Okay, fast track. I don't think it means what the president thinks it means. Okay, and you can sign a uh, you can sign a petition on this uh, AFL-CIO blog here uh, against uh, this fast track crap and uh, TPP. I've been talking about this for a number of years, and uh, of course, it doesn't go anywhere. And of course, our show has uh, you know been censored by all kinds of people. So you know we just uh, keep plugging along here and try to bring this news to everybody, but you know. It's really, really hard. Uh, But we still go. We still do it. And we're going to continue to do it because there are people out there listening. And one, two, ten, a hundred, two hundred, a thousand people might do something. Somebody might do something. I don't know what. Anyway. Here's Uh, here's a question. Former Massey engineer, Engine Energy CEO, was indicted. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Um, For those of you who have been following the Massey Energy story, the mine workers, Mm. uh, UMWA passed along the the news yesterday. Yeah, this that CEO got got arrested. Okay, United States Attorney Blankenship or something like that. Yeah, Attorney Attorney U.S. Attorney uh, Booth Goodwin announced that a federal grand jury today returned the indictment charging Donald uh, Blankenship. Uh, uh, Blankenship, uh, former chief executive officer of Massey Energy Company, with four criminal offenses. The indictment charged Blankenship with conspiracy to violate mandatory federal mine safety and health standards, conspiracy to impede federal mine safety officials, and making false statements to the United States Securities and Exchange Commission, the SEC, and securities fraud. The indictment alleges that uh, from about January 1st, 2008 through April 2010, April 9th, 2010, Blankenship inspired to commit the cause and cause routine willful violations of mandatory federal mine safety and health standards at Massey Energy Upper Big Branch Mine, located in Raleigh County, West Virginia. The indictment alleged that during the same period of time, Blankenship was part of a conspiracy to impede and hinder federal mine safety officials from carrying out their duties at Upper Big Branch by providing advance warning of federal mine safety inspection activities so their underground operations would conceal and cover up safety violations that they routinely committed. The indictment further alleged that after a major fatal explosion occurred, uh, occurred on Upper Big Branch on April 5, 2010, Blankenship, uh, 
made and caused relationship made and caused to be made a false statements and representations of the SEC concerning Macy's energy safety practices uh, prior to the explosion. Additionally, the alleged uh, the indictment alleges that after this explosion, Blankenship made and caused to be made materially false statements and representations, as well as materially misled omissions in connection with the purchase and sale of Massey Energy stock. The FBI and the United States Department of Labor Office of Inspector General are in charge of the investigation. United States Attorney Booth Goodwin, Counsel of the United States Attorney Steve Ruby, and Assistant Attorney General Attorney rather uh, Gabriel Wool are handling prosecution. The four counts charged carry a maximum combined penalty of 31 years in prison. God, I hope he gets this. Could care to view well, a He did terrible that. things. Yeah, so it would be really wonderful if they gave him this bastard 31 years in prison. But, you know, now why, you know, why do Taking they go all this time to but, him. Yeah, I know, but why do they go to the extent I mean, what kind of pricks will go to the extent of, of causing this these safety violations? Well, they, you know, why? Why do they do that? They I don't mean, want to be bothered. I mean, what could, every it, what could it possibly cost? And all the freaking money that these guys make and putting minors' lives in jeopardy, it's just, God, you know, <laughs> how horrible, how horrible people are. Did you read that one? I will. Did you? No. Yes, I did. I'm reading a new one. Oh. Hey, Walmart wants to fix those sales problems. Why not invest in workers? An internal memo recently leaked by a Walmart manager urged storage store managers to improve lagging sales, primarily through addressing problems with understocked shelves, with keeping fresh meat, dairy, and produce stock, and aging or expired items off the shelves. Such complaints are widespread at Walmart stores and are likely a significant factor in the company's sales, which have lagged for 18 months. While the memo catalogs problems the company faces, it ignores the two most obvious solutions. Give workers adequate pay and adequate hours. Those workers may be a $15 an hour living wage that they've been calling for. A lot of their problems would probably go away.
where they held a rally. Then workers and their supporters took uh, over the intersection near the Pico River Rivera Walmart, refusing to leave until they were arrested and removed from the intersection. A total of 28 people were arrested, including clergy, community members, and strikers. <laughs> Good for them. God bless them, man. Well, the union... They got, they, you know, Paramount Walmart worker Martha Sellers said, I'm striking today for workers like Evelyn, Victoria, Rosa, Maria, Elena, and Graciela, who Walmart retaliated against for standing up for change. Walmart and the Waltons need to know that they can't silence us all. And Sellers was... Get out, get off. Jesus. Cat. Sorry. You better apologize. I apologize. I can't just stab my leg. You know. Sorry. Uh, Sellers was was referring to the owners of Walmart, the Walton family, the richest family in America who own nearly $150 billion in wealth. Well, most Walmart workers make less than 25000 a year. Well, Kiana Howard, a mother and Walmart striker, said she took part in a sit-in to protest Walmart's illegal fear tactics and to send a message to management and the Waltons that they can't continue to silence them and dismiss the growing calls for $15 an hour full-time work. Walmart and the Waltons are making billions of dollars from our work while paying most of us less than 25 a year. We are We know that Walmart and the Waltons can't afford fair pay, and we know that we have the right to speak out about it without the company threatening the little that we do have. Mm. Over the past year, Walmart workers have pressured Walmart to provide workplace accommodation for pregnant workers to provide access to more hours and more recent to pledge to phase out its minimum wage jobs. However, when workers call for change, started to gain momentum, Walmart struck back. They retaliated against local uh, workers standing up for better wages and workplace conditions, according to the workers, including Rosa, Rosa Valenzuela, 67, who was terminated just a month short of her 20th year anniversary with the company. She said, Walmart uh, created excuses to discipline her, even citing an incident where she was said to have clocked out two minutes late she said. I worked for Walmart for nearly 20 years, and they fired me for speaking up for all of our rights. I was a stone in their shoe, so they got rid of me. I feel betrayed. I'm out here today so Walmart knows that we won't be scared into silence. We're going to keep standing up for our rights until we start to respect us. You can follow the action on Twitter and with the hashtag WalmartStrikers and BlackFridayProtest.org. Under their uh, AFL site, we've lived to fight another day, the winners and losers of the week. The winners, workers in states where voters were able to directly vote on issues and pro-working family issues. They were widely victorious with referendum and initiatives on the minimum wage, paid sick days, equal pay, voting rights, education funding, right to work, mass incarceration, transportation funding, I think I said that, budget and taxation and other winnings. The runner-up, Elizabeth Warren. While everybody was wallowing in the defeats last week, Warren spoke out about fighting back for an agenda that will benefit American families. The losers, the Surefront Mental Health Board, which allegedly had been underpaying workers with mental disabilities for years. 
nice company. Runner-up, Tom Corbett, the Republican governor of Pennsylvania, spent his term in office opposing the priorities of states' working families, and on Tuesday, they responded by ousting him. Oh, that's good. Well, um, let's see here. Chunka Lieber prepared to combat assaults on workers' rights. While conservative legislators across the country are gearing up to propose extreme legislation, AFL-CIO President Richard Chunka issued a statement that working families and the labor unions are prepared to fight back and make sure that harmful and unpopular voices don't pass. He said the Labor Federation would continue to focus on the agenda that working families want, one of, the, one of raising wages and creating an economy that works for all Americans. Trump's his full statement, uh, in the wake of <coughs> excuse me, last Tuesday's election, uh, many state and local politicians have already begun to signal their intent to wage assault on working people in their states. While national political pundits debate outcomes, the AFL-CIO and its allies also have a keen eye on the development of state and local levels. We have no illusions. There are radical politicians who are fair, are, are far more concerned with appeasing their corporate donors and being a tool for groups like ELEC than um, standing for working families. Uh, this, uh, working family issues, this is despite the fact that the raising, raising wages agenda remained of utmost uh, importance to most Americans. A majority of the electorate are struggling economically, and 68% of workers agree that waging, waging, raising wages is good for workers and the economy. The majority of people want rights at work. Uh, we want the ability to stay home if we're sick, and we want fair and equal pay. And we believe if you work for and earn a pension, you should get it. Oh, I think and so, too. Make no mistake that the labor movement is more prepared and ready to combat these attacks than ever before. We also know that this fight will not be the labor movements alone. We are fully engaged with our allies in the community and, more importantly, know that the values we stand for are in complete sync with the majority of Americans. It will be a collective effort to raise and expand our values, and we are up to the task. Hey. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, we have All a long day, by the way. Yeah, we do this at night for the love of it, and we hope that people are listening. Uh, but labor's really struggling. It is, you know, and... Uh, I mean, it's been, it had a corporate assault. Yeah. These last 20 sure. years. Oh, yeah, I mean, we work constantly. It's been horrible. I mean, Labor is constantly under assault. You know, it's just nothing to bother like Yeah. Very rough. And if you didn't have unions, there wouldn't be anything you could do about it. That's right. This is this this is a, a an issue that really, really, really bothers me. Oh, I yeah, the, me too. The, uh, Post office. Uh, yeah. Oh, I get so upset when I, I think about I, it. I really get upset when I, I see what they're trying to do because um, 
you know, we respect, we, we, we value our postal system here in this area and uh, and the guys that work on it. Welcome to our latest feature to look at the various AFL-CIU union state federations and other working families that are going around the country and beyond. The labor movement is big and active. I don't know what the hell is. I thought they were... I thought this was something. Okay. Sorry, I, I messed up. National Day of Action to Stop the Death of Mail Service as We Know It. Okay? That was December 14th. Sorry. Oh, okay. I thought, I thought there was something more there, but that's nothing more. Uh, well, anyway, I was grateful that the... I was really, really happy to see that all of these strikes, uh, uh, strike, all the demonstrations by... Postal workers outside of Staples around the country have had a major effect, and Staples is no longer going to be carrying doing the postal service stuff. Good, because of it. I mean, it's wrong. It was wrong to begin with. I don't know whose but, idea that was. Well, that was a federal government crap. You know, uh, you know, it was. Uh, you know, you got to remember something. That that was a remnant of of uh, what's his name, uh, uh, Jay Edgar. No, no, not Jay. No, the idiot. Uh, I know. Uh, uh, come on. What's his name? The, the, the Mormon guy. Yeah, I forgot his name. Why have I already forgot his name? Romney. Romney, uh, yes. Romney is a forgetful name, forgetful person. He was the guy who, who funded and began the startup operation for Staples, okay, believe right. it or not. Now, was he active in getting the post office I wouldn't doubt if he was. I mean, whose idea was that? You never really heard anything about who pushed that, and all of a sudden they were open. But it just seems funny that, you know, uh, his legacy, uh, one of his main legacies, Romney's legacies, was Staples, Mm -hmm. okay? And all of a sudden you're finding that the... uh, He's running for president. He's running for president on the Republican side, and then on top of that, right after he loses... Uh, Staples suddenly gets the, uh, uh, you know, the postal, the, the postal service uh, contract, okay, which I'm grateful that they're, they're letting go because it's a loser for them, and they can't afford to have that problem. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Oh, so anyway, we've got about five minutes left. A lot of these I already. I think he's a, I think Joe Biden is one of the biggest hypocritical yo-yos that ever existed, but he is pro-union, so that's one that's the only good thing about him. Okay? Yeah, I can't think of myself he's a, either. He's a big he's a he's the hugest hypocrite there ever was. But Vice President Joe Biden will deliver the keynote address at next week's AFL-CIO Summit on Career and Technical Education Workforce. That's Department. already taken place. That happened in November 13th. Okay, but uh, it will focus on the importance of careers and technical education and preparing. That's what that first that. thing was about on uh, the technical, the alternative ed- education. Right. right. They, those women spoke at that, and those guys spoke at that conference that Joe Biden spoke at. They were speakers. Yes. Yes. So. From those trade schools. Yes. So anyway. We're very happy that trade schools exist and they should exist and they should be funded and they and everybody should have a uh, you know. And Connecticut actually, the technical schools were featured at that as one of the top five in the country. Right, it's odd. It's odd. As much as I just, uh, uh, 
The number of long-term unemployed goes jobless for 27 weeks or more was 2.9 million, slightly down from September's three months. Over the last 12 months, the number of long-term jobless workers has decreased by 1.1 million. Last month's biggest job gains uh, were in the food services, or 42,000, uh, and uh, professional and business services at 37,000, retail trade at 27,000, and healthcare at 25,000. Other sectors that showed increases, including manufacturing, 15,000, transportation, warehousing, 13,000, and construction, 12,000. Employment in other major industries, including mining and logging, wholesale trade, information, financial activities, and government showed the little change over the month. Among the worker, I'm sorry, among the major worker worker groups, the unemployment rate September declined for whites, 4.8 uh, percent last month. The rate for adult men, 5.1 percent. Adult women, 5.4 percent. Teenagers, 18.6%, blacks, 10.9%, and Latinos, 16, 6.8%. Sure, little change in October. So there you so, go, folks. And that's, uh, that's pretty much the news for and views for tonight. And we thank everybody for joining us. And please good, come join yeah, tomorrow night. Good night, here. folks, and have a good night. Okay. And I hope uh, it's warmer where you are because it's pretty cold here. It's pretty bitter. Uh, good night, everyone.